Hey friends, this is Kayla, and we're really excited to share our April sponsor, Athangaday Global. They're world-changing attorneys who care about the people behind the papers. So whether you're starting a small business or needing help on your immigration paperwork, the compassionate and competent team at Athangaday Global can help. So small business owners, if you're creating a nonprofit, if you're working on immigration paperwork, these are the guys you want to have on your team. We understand that navigating uh, legal requirements can be kind of complicated, and Afangaday Global are committed to doing the hard work of clearing up those murky waters for you. They're a global firm with a heart for local spaces, and they're kind of disrupting the way people perceive lawyers. They're embracing lawyer happiness and client satisfaction and owning empathy, which is really cool and something that we really respect over at Upside Down Podcast. So to find out more, go to lawyerswhocare.org and schedule your consultation with one of their attorneys. You can also text LEGAL, that's L-E-G-A-L, to 31996 to learn more, which is really cool. So we're really excited to share them with you. Go check it out and enjoy this episode of Upside Down Podcast. You're listening to the Upside Down Podcast, a place for unscripted conversations on life and faith. Join us as we discuss what it looks like when Jesus turns our lives upside down. Welcome to this episode of the Upside Down Podcast. I am your host, Shannon Evans, and joining me are Kayla Craig, Christy James, Lori Harris, and Lindsay Wallace. You remembered. I know, I got that time. I was so excited about it. Um, so today, today we are releasing this during Holy Week, leading up to Good Friday and ultimately, obviously, Easter Sunday. Um, so we wanted to talk about suffering. So just, you know, a light and fluffy topic for today. <laughs> Hope you brought your giggles. Um, so, so as we enter into this discussion on suffering... We're acknowledging that as an ecumenical group, we have different theologies about suffering. And while we believe theological debates on the sources of suffering, the purposes of suffering, and the result of suffering could be fruitful, that's not what we're here to do right now. We're not the ones to host that conversation. We just want to look at how God has used suffering in our own lives and how that's impacted our faith as we look to the cross this holy week, um, preparing our hearts for Good Friday and for Easter. But before we jump in, I think somebody had a review ready that they wanted to read from iTunes. Yes, I do. And we love it. This is Kayla. We love it. We love hearing from you. And it is extra awesome when you share what stood out to you on iTunes because it helps other people find us. So this is uh, one of the most recent that was shared on March 26. And it says, a friend of mine told me to listen to this podcast about two weeks ago. And I'm constantly listening to this podcast. I am episode <laughs> on episode eight now. These ladies are in all different chapters of life and backgrounds, but to hear them talk about their faith, and I feel like there's no judgment. I just want to sit down and have coffee with all of these ladies and just talk about my input to each of their episodes. I have told many other friends to listen to this podcast, and also I've added all of them onto my social media so they can be on my newsfeed. <laughs> oh, that's, <laughs> that's so nice. great. And that's a good reminder. Just tell a friend, you know, you don't yeah. even have to 
so much of this goes through word of mouth. So we want to hear from mm-hmm. you and spread the word. Mm-hmm. And we love yeah. when you follow us too. Like that's a really yeah. fun thing yeah. for us. So it is. Fun. <laughs> don't yeah. hesitate to do that. Right. Christy's <laughs> watching the followers tick, and she's like, "Yes, I got one, guys. Yeah. I got one." Yeah, because then you get feedback on like what they thought about particular episodes and it's fun to have like the upside down podcast, Instagram or Facebook mesh with, right. or kind of, um, not mesh, you know what I mean? Overlap with mm-hmm. like your personal ones. And so it's just like this ongoing conversation with people. Right. right. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I, I love seeing like the flip side of the conversation. You know, mm-hmm. we all kind of know what, what we're going to say and what we think about something, but yeah. it's so neat to, to follow you guys in return and then see, how you're living it out in your everyday life. Right. Because that's Mm -hmm. encouraging just to me personally. Mm -hmm. Right. Right. Exactly. So as we jump in um, to the topic of suffering, what, okay. I'm just curious with you guys when, when you hear like, okay, today we're going to talk about suffering. What season of your life comes to mind? What's the first thing in your own life you think of? Mm. Who wants to go first on that? <laughs> dun dun dun. Tell us about the hardest part of your life. It's no pressure. It's basically. It's yeah. In one minute or less. No. Yeah. I'll go because okay. mine's pretty obvious. Um, my husband is a cancer survivor, which um, you ladies know, but I don't know if everyone does because now he's like totally fit and healthy, and you would never know about looking at him. But during that period of life, kind of prior. Prior to that, we had some really difficult marriage stuff go down that prepared us, but we didn't know we were being prepared. We just thought, like, our marriage was crumbling. And so kind of, like, pre-cancer and then um, our daughter, we noted, we realized she had some abnormalities in her brain. And actually between my husband and my daughter, my stepmom died of cancer, and my husband was still dealing with cancer. So there was just this, like felt like a dark cloud um over us and it was literally like one thing after another I mean within like a six month period my husband was diagnosed with cancer my stepmom died of cancer and then my daughter had these growths in her brain you know and um so I can definitely look to that period of time and think of stuff you know of that it was yeah. a time that we we suffered mm-hmm Lindsay, when we were at the retreat and you were sharing kind of those parts of your story, it was, I mean, I I can't even, when you were sharing, it was like, I was trying to put myself in that situation and we all have suffering, but that was a, what, I mean, that was a really hard season. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it just felt compounded because it was so, like, literally. Like any one of those things. Yeah, exactly. Any one of those things. I mean, they were just so close together that we, it was like, you never caught your breath. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I I have these, um, like the, you know, like little flashes of memory that kind of pop up. And one of them was in college, like God really used, um, a season where of of loneliness, which was related to a breakup, but -hmm. also, um, some other things that were going on. That was a period where, I felt like a lot of stuff had been stripped away and that's kind of suffering in one way. And he met me there. Um, that's not super specific, but I kind of talked about that in my interview. So if you Mm want to hear more about that, you can go back there. And then, um, I would say like one of the more recent ones was when we were, so we were a couple of years into our church plant and just, it was sort of like one of those perfect storm scenarios, (laughs) um, where we had 
you know, a new baby. Our church plant wasn't going very well. Um, our timeline for the church planting was kind of coming to an end and we were, you know, facing failure. So it was all of these external things, which that's, you know, there's a difference between, there are lots of different kinds of suffering, which I'm sure we'll get into, but that was one that was a, an external ex- or um, circumstances like that were very uh, emotionally difficult and um, yeah. so that's one of the ones that comes to mind. Mm. This Wait. is Kayla. Oh, no, go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, go, Lori, go, 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 Lori, go. <laughs> I, I was going to just say we had uh, a similar experience of, of suffering in 2014 as well. And actually, was it either 2014 or 2015? I don't know. Our years are growing together, but we had a, a church plant here in Rocky Mount and it failed after three years. Mm-hmm. And, but, but prior to it failing, we had like 18 months of knowing it was failing mm-hmm. and, mm. and trying to figure out, was God releasing us from this? Were we supposed to endure it? And all of those questions and, and yeah. all of that suffering we felt, or I, I'll speak for myself. I felt quite abandoned by God. I felt like mm-hmm. he had called us to something and then had allowed it to fail and mm. here we were, we'd moved our family, we had sacrificed so much. Yeah. And now this church we had planted and worked so hard for was going to fail. And <clears throat> and we were going to have to keep living here. Like we weren't going to get to move away mm. and start over. We were going to have to stay. Mm-hmm. It was just this, this feeling of God had called us to something that was failing. And mm-hmm. we didn't like that. Mm-hmm. And um, just asking all those hard questions of why us, why, why is it failing did we mess it up? I mean, all the all the things that you naturally ask in a season of suffering. Why right. me? What did I do to cause this? You know, how yeah. can I get out of this? And do you hear me, Lord? All those questions. Mm-hmm. And it was a long, long season. On the flip side, I can see how God was with us in the season, but in the midst of it, it was quite painful. Right. Yep. And I think what you just said, I think probably everyone who's listening is nodding their head in yeah. some way. Right. And then yeah. I think that is so true that we, in the thick of it, we just ask why. And there's so many layers and there's so many spiritual layers of like, God, I thought you wanted me to do this and I did this and now everything's breaking apart. Am I supposed yeah. to stay? Am I supposed to go? Mm-hmm. That's so hard. Well, this is, this is Kayla, and um, I'm glad that you shared, Lori, because I felt very similarly when we were adopting our oldest son, Joseph, from Nigeria. Um, anyone who is familiar with international adoption knows it's not easy, and um, ours was no different. In fact, it was very, very difficult, and I ended up being in Nigeria for two months by myself when I was 23, and it was kind of I hadn't planned to be there as long as I did. And I remember where I was standing when the consulate director um, from the U S consulate called me and said, even though you adopted Joseph in the Nigerian court, um, we're not going to accept it. Just Mm. come back to the United Mm. States. And And I, I don't think I could have felt more alone and more heartbroken, just a guttural, just suffering. And I think for me, that's been like the most that it could be is definitely when I, what I look back to because I yeah. felt all of that fear and all of that, like 
everything coming to a head. I, I thought, did I mishear God? Is he here with me? Doesn't he, yeah. doesn't he love Joseph? Like, doesn't, you know what I mean? It's like mm-hmm. all of these yeah. things. And it just, yeah, that is, that's the season of life that I go back to. And mm-hmm. honestly, it's so hard to think about. It's still hard to put myself yeah. in that position. And mm-hmm. like, now I just want to be like, it's okay now, but it, it was really yeah. hard. And, and right. it doesn't always work out either. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. and and there are plenty of adoptive families who have lived through that <laughs> suffering, and and it hasn't turned right. out the way that they had hoped and prayed for. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Right. As yeah. I've listened to all of us kind of share the the overriding theme, I think is the question is is God really good? Right. And we right. in that suffering, we're we're asking that question in a thousand mm-hmm. different ways. God, are you mm-hmm. really good? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because um, yeah. it doesn't feel good, and I don't like this. Mm-hmm. And the answer is always yes, he is good. Mm-hmm. But right. It doesn't always feel good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. There's this article that, you know, basically before we record any of these, I'm like, hey, Duff, what do you think about <laughs> suffering? <laughs> He's like, Christy, you cannot do that. And I'm like, but you always have something good. So he's like, I don't know. And then he sent me this article that was really helpful. Um, or just really like kind of speaks to what we're talking about. And this, um, it's in the, I think it's in the Wall Street Journal this week, maybe. So it's timely, um, but it's talking about how even like C.S. Lewis, like his perspective on suffering shifted as oh, he experienced. New York Times, Did you see I this? New York Times. Too. Do you really? That's so funny. Yeah. <laughs> so one of the things that was really powerful to me was that he kind of is saying that like when um, C.S. Lewis wrote The Problem of Pain, one of the things he said was, God whispers to us in our pleasures, speaks in our conscience, and sh- but shouts in our pain. It's his megaphone mm. to rouse a deaf world. But then yeah. 20 years later, he wrote A Grief Observed after his wife died. Mm. And it says, in yeah. writing about his bereavement, Lewis described what it was like to go to God when your need is desperate, when all other help is vain, and what do you find? A door slammed in your face and the sound of bolting yeah. and double bolting on the inside. Mm. After that, silence. Mm. He added, mm. not that I am, I think, in much danger of ceasing to believe in God. The real danger is of coming to believe such dreadful things about him. The conclusion mm. I dread is not, so there's no God after all, but, so this is what God's really like. Deceive yourself mm. no longer. And then yeah. in this article, he goes on to say that there was a pastor that he met with that um, was, he had sort of an attitude of disdain towards C.S. Lewis for admitting his doubt in those yeah. circumstances. And um, this writer says, my response was the opposite, perhaps because my own right. faith journey has at times been characterized by questions of un- and uncertainty. I found that the fact that the 20th century's greatest Christian apologist would give voice to his doubts reassuring. And Lewis was hardly alone in expressing his doubts. Jesus himself, crucified and near death, gave voice to the question many people are overwhelmed by pain ask, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Yeah. Yeah. I'll say, this is Lindsay, and I'll say that um, because my husband was in the middle of cancer treatment and then my stepmom died 18 days after being diagnosed mm. with cancer. And then my daughter was healed. The growth in her brain, by the time she had an MRI, they were completely gone. And that's what we had prayed for. And so I definitely struggled with that idea of like, okay, I know God can heal. I saw him. Like mm. he healed my daughter and he healed my husband, but he didn't heal my stepmom. And mm. just that idea of like, he could have, right? Like I believe right. <clears throat> that he could have and he chose not to. So what does that, like, what does that mean? What does that say about God? What does that mm-hmm. say about um, how I feel about him? And 
Um, I yeah. can definitely relate to that quote, mm-hmm. um, Christy. Right. I um. So um, this is Shannon, and I feel like I I have talked about it on several different podcasts. So, but the the hardest time in my life for sure was um there was like a three or four year chunk um with Alyosha where we didn't understand understand all of his needs and how to like not even just how to parent him because we actually got a lot of training and counseling um but we just it's it's one of those things that's kind of hard to talk about but it was just a really really desperate place and um and he wasn't well and we weren't well and my husband um had like his own internal stuff going on and so marriage was hard but also like parenting was just incredibly incredibly difficult and um and we had we had come from a tradition I spent most of my 20s um with my husband in a tradition that was really big on healing and it was just we it was very very much in the vein of like praying for healing and contending for the breakthrough and like not settling. Um, Mm. And so it was so, and there's, there's a place for all of those things, but it wasn't balanced with making sense out of when, when God doesn't heal and like how to keep living, you Mm. know, without Mm. feeling um, abandoned by God really. And so I really wrestled with that, with that, um, yeah, that, that sense of, like, you read, Christy, like, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Where are mm-hmm, you? Mm-hmm, and where are mm-hmm. you for my son? And I think that's a lot of times mm-hmm. one of the hardest kinds of suffering is watching someone that we love, especially an innocent child or someone who, you know, for better or worse, we see as undeserving of this pain, you know, um, yeah. Because nobody's nobody's deserving of pain, but you guys know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Um, we perceive some people as more innocent than other people, and it's just I think that that is one of the more painful kinds of suffering. I think, and and the hardest yeah. to make sense of because you're mm-hmm. like I, I'm not being selfish. Like this isn't about me. Mm-hmm. Of course, it kind of was, <laughs> but mm-hmm. but you're like I want this person set free. You know. Mm-hmm. And going back to that, you know, that why and the article that Christy is referencing, which we'll link to in the show notes, but he kind of talks about that and he, he says, he quotes Philip Yancey, who is a Christian author and just kind of that we have to conclude that any hard and fast answers to the why questions are simply out of reach. Mm-hmm. So yeah. there, we are human and we don't, we won't know the answers to why because mm-hmm. a lot yeah. of times it doesn't make sense and it sucks. Mm-hmm. And sometimes in our suffering, we just need to hear someone say, this is awful. Mm-hmm. God loves you. Yeah. And this mm-hmm. sucks. Right. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. Cause so yeah. many times we want to put this bandaid on and mm-hmm. a lot of times we're well-meaning in that, <laughs> but they become these kind of Christian platitudes and, I think so many times we just want us, someone to be with us and to come alongside mm-hmm. us. And so I'd love to know in your, in your experiences in these times of suffering, when you think about that and you picture where you were and how much it hurt, did someone come alongside you and make you feel loved and, and represent healing or just the presence of Jesus in your life in those times of suffering? Not in the, this is Lori speaking, but 
when the church plant failed, we didn't have anyone come alongside of us during that time. Um, mm. And I, and in the, in the moment, I, I don't know that I would have received anyone because I felt such shame and I felt just this overwhelming sense of, I just wanted to hide. And mm. um, I think, you know, we talked about in the loneliness episode that, that sometimes God gives us a season of loneliness because he's trying to get our attention. He wants mm. our full attention because he wants to tell us something or show us something or mm-hmm. be with us through something. <laughs> and God, God made himself known to us in that suffering, but he had to strip yeah. everything else away for us to, to just really engage him in a conversation. And the conversation was why God, you know, and, and right. although I was tired of asking the question, I was talking to him more than I had been talking to mm-hmm. him about what had happened. And it was in that moment, those several months of, of talking to him about the failed plant and in that season of loneliness and suffering that I felt the nearness of God and to me and, and mm-hmm. God, obviously he puts people on the earth, you know, to, to be the embodiment of Jesus to us. But there are oftentimes he doesn't send those people because he wants to be that comfort for us, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and that was, he did that for us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I actually, this is Shannon again, and I actually kind of have the same thing. I, there was, there were, we had lots of friends who, and family members who did their best to, to support us through the suffering, but it never felt like enough. And it wasn't their fault. It was just, mm-hmm. I, 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 you asked that question and I'm like, I honestly like don't <clears throat> feel, I, I, I don't have like this resounding yes when you ask that question, because yeah. although people tried, like it was, it was a drop mm-hmm. in the bucket. I just always felt so alone. Mm-hmm. Does anybody yeah. else? Or yeah, no, yeah. I would agree with that too. I think we were in survival mode, <laughs> and I mean, I I just don't even remember a whole lot about that. You know what I mean? Like yeah, mm-hmm. I, I just I mean, our meadow was a baby, and I don't have very many memories of her in mm. in that kind of baby stage, because I think we were just surviving. And there were plenty of people who came around us and supported yeah. us and brought meals and carrots to juice and, you know, childcare and all kinds of stuff that was helpful. And ha- I mean, it, that's how we survived. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, but it was just, it all, all feels very blurry. Mm-hmm. And, you know, in hindsight, I think our, yeah, our comforts found in Christ. Mm-hmm. And we all, we all know that. And, and all the, the body of Christ is filling in the gaps. They can only fill it in to, to a certain degree. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And ultimately the comfort that we're seeking is found in Christ alone. Mm-hmm. And that's hard because you want him to have skin on, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. 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 You want him to well, on that, yeah. On that note, did, like, did anybody else um, feel like they, they, came to understand or appreciate like the incarnation more out of that season. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think, well, just like thinking of the humanity of Jesus and what it meant for him to like all of the, those things that we feel as a result of like the brokenness in humanity, he put on, you know, like that's, right, we were, right born into that but that's something that he put on and knowing like all of you know uh, to be honest this is and this is one thing that we can talk about a little bit more like comparatively I have not experienced a lot of suffering but that doesn't mean that my life is 
easier, comfortable necessarily. And so to think, well, if this is, you know, what I've experienced and this is, um, this is one area where I feel like comparison can actually be helpful. Um, comparatively what I've experienced has been very painful, but it's not the same. Like I can look at a lot of different experiences and say that's, uh, more intense or more physically painful or, Whatever. Anyway, to know that yeah. he put all of that on, not just mine, but mine and yours and yours and yours and yours and yours yeah. and yours yeah. and yours. Everyone, every time you read a story and think, I cannot believe that's happening. He took that mm-hmm. on. He put that mm-hmm. on. He entered into that and he took it. He didn't have to. And he took that to the cross. And that, yeah, it makes the incarnation the turning point, you know, like yeah. the incarnation right. and then you know, the reason we're doing this this week is because we're walking toward that in this Holy Week and to stop and like feel that pain and that darkness and that suffering that he, he took ours and he put it on and he walked to the cross that that's super powerful. So I don't know if that's what you meant or if you meant like sort of, that is, you hit the nail on the head. I was like tearing up when you were talking. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, to me, that was, Mm -hmm. yeah, you just, summarized it right and and we see that that was prophesied prophet mm-hmm. prophesied <laughs> that, that correctly? yeah um, in isaiah so in isaiah 53 we know he calls jesus a man of sorrows mm-hmm. acquainted with grief and yeah. and and wounded and bruised and it's not like those aren't flowery words like that were figured figurative. Oh my gosh, I cannot talk to that. <laughs> it's not figurative. Like he he was yeah. human. He felt that. Like mm-hmm. literally it, a man of sorrows. Like and we have an episode and we talk all about joy, but there's also this sorrowfulness. And he understands. And through that we have a God who is empathetic and compassionate. Mm-hmm. And loving in a way that we can't even fathom. Mm-hmm. And so it's not just like you're a dirty sinner and Jesus went on the cross because of you, but he chose to because mm-hmm. he loves us. Mm-hmm. And I feel like it, it, this is the perfect time to be thinking about that as we think about his death and burial and resurrection. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think um, somebody shared a Christina Cleveland quote with me this week, and it's to Jesus. Ministry meant knowing pain, knowing from the inside the pain of society's most marginalized. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've been thinking about that a lot this week, just the, um, and also in light of Amber's interview in our last life episode, and just this idea of how our bodies remember pain and trauma. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, even mm-hmm. when our, our minds disassociate and we, you know, try to forget or, are protected from forgetting for a while is kind of a survival mechanism, but just this idea that like Jesus has the body memory of living um, on this earth as a man of color. And so that trauma that men of color experience in our world every day, because people are afraid of them or, you know, whatever that we don't have to get into right now, but like Jesus knows the intimately the body, his body memory of that, you know, um, just really, I think, when you think of it that way and just how, not just the cross suffering, but like the mm-hmm. life that he lived, like how he, it wasn't, it's not just that he suffered on the cross, although obviously that is 
huge mm-hmm. um but like yeah. he suffered in his life like he modeled right. suffering mm-hmm. in a way that I think our culture like can't we I mean nobody can like wrap our minds around you know and so we just kind of are taught to avoid suffering and to um stay away from it and <coughs> I'm not at all suggesting that we chase it but I think um <coughs> Jesus entered into it in a way that should make us maybe question mm-hmm. our avoidance yeah. of it mm-hmm. for personal, yeah. you know what I mean? For like what I would consider like selfish personal, like, Oh, I don't want to do that. Cause I might suffer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or yeah. I don't want to get too close to the suffering because yeah. they might rub off on me. Mm-hmm. Or, right. you know, it's, That's a really interesting point because in the story of Lazarus, I remember my dad was my, um, my new Testament professor in college. <laughs> <laughs> He doesn't listen to this podcast probably, but he would be so proud that I remember this because I don't have my Bible in front of me. But when he got the news that he was sick and dying, Jesus like waited to go. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if it was like, he waited <clears throat> days or I don't remember what it was, but but he didn't take off and he knew that he could have healed him. Um, but it's like he let himself enter into that experience of like the depths of human grief of mm-hmm. losing your best friend, mm-hmm. losing someone who is so close to you. And, and obviously like he brought him back to life and he used it for, for his glory. But, but it's so meaningful to me that like, just like what you're saying, Lindsay, of like, he entered into like the fullness of what it means to, to suffer as a human being, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. in, in every way. And, um, and I just love that particular story because mm-hmm. it was his choice. Like he chose to put that pain on himself, even though he knew mm-hmm. that he could stop it, you know, but right. he, it was like he needed to experience that as a human being. Um, and I love that. I love that verse about we don't have a high priest who can't sympathize mm-hmm. with our weakness, yes. yeah. you know? Yeah. Yep. Um, yeah. Shannon, there's, I have a friend, my friend, Abby Hutto. Um, we were talking about that story um, with Lazarus, and she was saying that the when Lazarus finally goes to the tomb, that the language they use is of like like the noise that he makes is like an animal noise, like it's like yes. like Kayla, you're talking about this like guttural like clawing, and basically what was happening there is that he's experiencing that depth of separation and. Um, like antagonism, bet- like that sin causes between what is meant to be and what is. Right. And he's yeah. looking at this death of his friend and he's like, like snarling at death. And this is before mm-hmm. he goes to the tomb. And it's basically like him staring death down saying, you are not going to win. Like you have, you may have won briefly now with, in the case of my friend, but I'm about to undo that and I'm about to go yeah. undo it permanently. And I yeah. love that. Like, I love mm, thinking so about good. him as a hum- as a human, feeling those emotions and expressing them with these snarls and these growls. Because I feel like that, you know? Like, mm-hmm. yeah. I <clears throat> I see suffering in this world. And, I mean, I, I think I shared in the very first episode that I feel like I have this little cartoon Christy on my shoulder all the time. And oh, right. um, cartoon Christy and, and, like, emotional Christy, lifts her head to the sky with her arms open wide and yells all the time. Like I cannot hardly handle the suffering that's going on in this world. And so to know that Jesus 
stared, stared at that and snarled at it and said, I win, not you. Mm -hmm. That makes me be able to continue. And the suffering honestly is not my own. (laughs) It's other people's suffering. I can't, I can hardly walk around knowing that it's happening. Yeah. Do you guys find that, that having walked through your own suffering makes you more empathetic to other people's? Yes. Or have you ever thought about it? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't remember. One of you said something earlier that made me think of, oh, I think, I don't know. I'm sorry. I have a cold and my brain's foggy, but um, I've got Lindsay, everybody. (laughs) Not any of us. (laughs) We're all sniffling. I think I stopped feeling like I needed to make it okay for people. Like, I feel like it's helped me um, give people permission to suffer and to weep like Jesus did when Lazarus was dead. Like, he was dead, you know? And I think um, even just giving people permission. And so I've, I've started kind of saying to people when they are in the middle of something hard, like, hard is just hard. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like mm-hmm. sometimes it just is and there's not I can't explain it away for you that wouldn't be helpful anyway like and there's a lot of things that we tend to say like oh God will work it out in his timing right, right. there's all these like Christian cliche thing and some of them are true like not to say that they aren't true but it's not always helpful to hear um mm-hmm. <clears throat> because it kind of makes it I feel like there's this, um, like pressure to get over it, to get yeah. through it, get around it, you know, and sometimes you just have to sit in it. Sometimes hard yes. is just hard and you just have to yeah. be, be there and you just need other people to be there with you in your suffering and not try to explain it away. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, we have, we have yeah. no, no sackcloth and ashes in our culture. Right. Like, right. it's like, just yeah. get rid of your grief and move on. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah, but we've created a culture that is trying to eliminate all all ways of suffering. Exactly. I mean, Let's yes. talk about with it. Yeah. Preach, Lori. Preach. <laughs> yeah, we've, we've just tried to eliminate it, even just in hard labor. We try to, right. to invent things to take away labor, so we do, so we mm-hmm. don't know what it's really like. A lot of us don't know what it's really like to enter into suffering, and what does it look like? And our and our culture is so fast paced that we don't t- we can't take the time to sit with someone who is suffering because yeah. the clock is ticking and we have things to do. Mm-hmm. And so we can't, and, and we've lost the, the ability to lament and yeah. lament mm-hmm. is acknowledging that I don't like what, what, the, what is happening and, and wailing to God about it and sitting mm-hmm. with that for a long time. And mm-hmm. we, we don't have an ability to do that because time mm-hmm. won't allow it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think some of that is cultural too. I think, um, yeah, yeah, absolutely. They 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 unfortunately have had to lament a lot more than some mm-hmm. of us have, mm-hmm. and so they've um, maybe not grown quite so accustomed to ignoring suffering or pretending like it doesn't exist because they frankly don't have that privilege. Right. Like there are some people who have the illusion at times that everything's fine, and then yes. there are people who have. Like that, that illusion is has nothing to do with their reality, right? So that right. lament was never erased. From. Yeah, and and whether or not you align completely with like liberation theology, there's a reason why liberation theology exists, mm-hmm. and it's because mm-hmm. God does 
care for the poor and the downtrodden and the marginalized and the oppressed. Yeah. Like there's a reason for that. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm. Do you guys have feelings about the phrase, God won't give you more than you can handle? Yes. It's, yes. Oh, my God. Yeah. I almost said a cuss word. that. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> yes. What is the I would love it God if you said if you a cuss word. I almost did. Like, really, it was about to come out. <laughs> we could have Johnny give, a, give you, like, a special beep. Johnny, our it could be, like, an organ. <laughs> Church edit. Right. But for real, Lindsay, go for it. I mean, yeah. even, what were you going to say? It doesn't even make sense. What do you mean God doesn't give you more than you can handle? Why do you need God if you can handle everything? Right. right. I just yeah. And I mean, just to be honest, I'm sure there was a point in my walk with the Lord that I probably engaged in that thought process because I didn't know any better and because yeah. we throw it around so much. So I'm not hating on you if you've said that to someone, but it's not true. Mm-mm. Yeah. 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 I think it's one of those things that like our cultural Christianity throws around so much. A lot of people don't stop and think about it, (laughs) you know? Right. It's like good things come to those who wait and they're like, (laughs) no, there's, that's just why, just please don't say that anymore (laughs) ever. Yes. But God yes. might open a window, guys. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see how many of them we can throw out. <laughs> That's a whole episode, I think. <laughs> we should do that right. episode. That would be awesome. That would be funny. Yeah. We <laughs> so what we're saying is if you go on our Instagram account, you're not going to see memes that mm-hmm. have repos <laughs> and Christian platitudes, mm-hmm. I guess. Here's I the thing, though. Like, this is – I have – I feel really strongly about this because every time that's the kind, every time we promote that sort of Christianity, we are completely robbing people of anything truthful, anything helpful, any, like it's this, it's like when we, uh, when we have pictures of Noah in preschools, you guys, this is a devastating, gory story. Please don't put it on the wall. Like it's awful. (laughs) If it was realistic, there would be like dead bodies floating everywhere. I don't even want to talk about it either. I'm just saying like, we have got to stop this. It's not okay. (laughs) Yeah. But even just in talking about that and we think about (laughs) suffering when we we had this aversion to suffering, we really distort the gospel to yeah. people who are watching. Mm-hmm. We it, like, we represent Christ as something very shallow uh, and, and uncaring. And that is not who Jesus is. And that is not what the gospel is about. Mm-hmm. I mean, the gospel Jesus. Is, yeah. Go ahead. Sorry. No, I'm cutting you off. No, go ahead. <laughs> I mean, he came and entered into our suffering and he, he entered into the suffering of other people. Like it doesn't make any sense. And then if he loves people in where they are and he met people where they are, essentially our aversion to suffering is communicating to people who are suffering that Jesus doesn't have anything to say to that. And that's the opposite. That's absolutely not the case. He, he has everything to say to that. Mm -hmm. He experienced it. He went to the cross for it. So it's like, it just communicates the the absolute opposite of why he came, you right. know? It's right. basically saying you're doing it wrong. Yeah. Like, and that is, like, that is the most strategic way to keep someone who is already suffering from mm-hmm. looking to Christ. 
is to say, this is happening because you're doing it wrong. When the reality is, you're not doing it wrong. Jesus is there with you, you know? Like, he will not, there's Isaiah 42 says, a bruised reed he will not break, and a faintly burning wick he will not quench. He will faithfully bring forth justice. And that is the opposite. (laughs) That was a lot of, like, the, like, when I say we were in a culture that was really, like, contend for healing, keep Mm -hmm. praying. Like, there was a lot of, like, there must be something, like, I either don't have enough faith. I don't even have mm-hmm. faith of, of a mustard seed. <laughs> like, right. like yep. but God, how do I get more mm-hmm. faith? And I just get obsessed with, like, having more faith or mm-hmm. fasting more or spending more time in prayer or discerning the spirits or, you know, all of these things that's, like, in and of themselves. Like, none of that stuff is bad, but but you can get it can feel like so much pressure that you're doing something wrong. Mm -hmm. If you're suffering, if the suffering isn't leaving after, you know, a set amount of time, then, then clearly the problem was with you. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that is, Mm -hmm. like you said, I think it was Christy that just said, like, that's the quickest way to make someone run away from God or like assume that, Mm -hmm. that they're not enough or God is mean or they're unwanted. They're unloved. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I know I, battled with all of those feelings and or just like like Lori said at the beginning like maybe God just isn't good Mm -hmm. you know like or maybe he just doesn't love me as much as I once thought he did right yeah Yeah. Mm -hmm. so yeah I think it's really important to call out those unhealthy mentalities and just embrace a more nuanced understanding of who God is like Mm -hmm. the world like spirituality and the world isn't black and white we don't have all the answers Mm -hmm. in this life you know we're just not going to Mm -hmm. right but I think I think what we're all saying is on the other side we look back and we say it was still just as hard as I remember it being just as hard as it felt when I was there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like yeah. time, time hasn't healed that wound. Right. 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 But, that's that's but, another one of those things right. people but, should stop right. saying. Yeah. Right. But you can look and you can say, man, God was faithful to me in it. And mm-hmm. he did X, Y, and Z in my heart through it. Yes. Uh-huh. Um, I Yeah. You know, like it changed the way I see the world. It changed the way it matured my relationship with him. Like all of this fruit um, so even if we don't know why it happens, we can say like good still came from it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 There's and a... I think that we have this privilege, at, that we have the body as, as Christians, we can come alongside each other. And so that's kind of why I asked the question at the beginning and, and Shannon and Lori, it sounded like when you looked back on those things, you still felt really alone or the fact mm. that you like it didn't replace Jesus. Like you needed people and you needed Jesus. But I want to go back to the idea that we do need people in Mm -hmm. our suffering. Right. Right. (laughs) Suffer alone. And, and, you know, maybe there are times where we need to separate ourselves and and really spend time with God, like obviously, but the other part of that is as Christians, we have each other Mm -hmm. and we have each other to, to sit with. And even if you don't say anything, but I think there is beauty and really a beautiful picture of of love rooted in Christ when when the church is doing what the church is meant to do and Mm -hmm. we are coming alongside people and loving them and our 
in that article that we have referenced a couple of times, he kind of talks about how suffering turns into compassion and compassion turns into acts of mercy. Mm-hmm. And that, and that leads to hope. Mm-hmm. 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 I think there's a, is, is it James? Let's see. Um, count it all joy. No, that's not the one I have. Oh, there's a verse that talks about that, that like suffering, what suffering produces in us, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Who has the Bible memorized? Right. Come on. <laughs> we'll find out. I don't out. know, but I have like the next closest thing, and it's yeah. a quote from <gasps> Ann Vossier. <laughs> oh, yeah. Closing it up. Yes. You know I've got to put in there. Um, it's from her book, 1,000 Gifts, and it's um, she's talking, the whole chapter is on, you know, what in the world is grace? And she's talking about suffering and what, what comes from that, and she says, all new life labors out of the very bowels of darkness. That mm-hmm. fullest life itself dawns from nothing but Calvary's darkest tomb cave. And out of that darkness of the cross, the world transfigures into new life. And there mm-hmm. is no other way. It is dark sufferings umbilical cord alone <coughs> can untether new life. And it is the suffering that has the realest possibility to bear down and to deliver grace. And grace that chooses to bear the cross of suffering overcomes that suffering. Mm-hmm. I feel like I almost need a translator, but I think I stuck with it. <laughs> no, I got it. I got it. I found the verse. It's James 1, 2 through 4. It says, Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds, for you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness, and let steadfastness have its full effect, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. Which obviously is Oh, good. that's I thought of Romans 5. That's what I thought you were talking about. Maybe I would. So oh, we'll, yeah, just, yeah. we'll just end this with a lot of scripture. I'll go ahead and read this too. And we'll, we want to link to all of these. We want to be using our show notes to, to right. be more fruitful and not just tell you a thousand times what we've talked about on the episode, but we want to give you things to, to take in in your own lives and process through, you know, by yourself with in community. Um, but this is Romans five. And, and I know we don't have much more time left, but I think it, it leads in a realistic and, and hopeful note. Uh, Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand. And we boast in the hope of the glory of God, not only so, but also glory in our sufferings, because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance character and character hope and hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us Amen Amen. It's a good way to end (laughs) So well guys listening thank you so much for joining in on this conversation we'd really love to continue discussing it with you Um, we'll be talking more about suffering with our listeners in the private Facebook group, Upside Down Tribe. You can send a request to join and we would love to add you. You can also find us on Instagram at Upside Down Podcast. And we also really appreciate it when you rate and review us on iTunes. It helps other people find us um, and just gets the word out. And like they said, show notes are on UpsideDownPodcast.com. Thanks for joining us. Until next time.